Hey guys, this is Joe. Get that weak shit off my track. What's up, everybody? It's Eric. Pancakes are love. Your son seems to be interested in only one thing, automobile racing. His father designs racing cars. On May 9th. Racing's everything. It isn't just a sport. It's in our blood. Strap in. Great moves, speed. Throttle up. Sweet. And prepare for the ride of your life. This is absolutely crazy. From the creators of the Matrix trilogy. Go, speed, go! Speed Racer. Rated PG. In theaters and IMAX May 9th. You're listening to Worth the Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time and see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. What's new, Joe? What's um, going on? Nothing much, Eric. How, how have you been? I've been doing very well. I, uh, I have a lot of stuff that I've been watching, things I did. So first of all, bought my first Red Sox tickets of the year. Um, I know. Oh, yeah. That's, I know because we've yeah. all the, the possible lockout. Yeah, yeah. It's nice how they got that resolved and figured out. Very nice. Yeah. And I'm going to see um, I'm going to see them play Toronto a day game in April. The only thing that was like kind of frustrating is <clears throat> so the Red Sox in baseball in general, were, it was the one sport, at least the one that I follow, that was still shipping paper tickets. And they're not anymore. They're not. You can get them uh, at, at the box office at, at Will Call. Oh, we just but, had this conversation too, just like what? I know. A couple of weeks ago. I know. So, but here's what's extra frustrating is there's this, this a standing room section that you know that I, I love to use at Fenway. It's my favorite place in Fenway. So I looked online and I saw that they were for the game I was going to go to, there were seats still available. So I was like, great. So I called the box office and I'm like, hey, I want uh, two standing room seats to this game. And the guy's like, uh, we don't have standing room. And I'm like, you do online. And he's like, we can't sell standing room like over the phone. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? So I, uh, I basically bought one ticket to a seat that's nearby. So the good news is I'll be able to like, I won't have to rush and get there like right at, you know, an hour early. Right. But it's just frustrating, man. And I, and I will get my uh, favorite yeah. ticket. Yeah, no, that's frustrating. So it's going to be one of those things where eventually, like we used to do, you'll have to like look on the ground for people to just toss their tickets after the game at one point. Because it's like, it's yes. going to really, they're going to start, I think, like you said, it's kind of slowly going that route, which sucks. Yeah, or, or, or it'll be like, you know, like when you go to Bruins games, and this is, I would actually like this. Like when I go to Bruins games, on your way in, they hand out, uh, that that's why the whole thing is so frustrating. Yeah, like, oh, we're switching goods. to paper tickets. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, it's for like the earth and whatever. <laughs> don't get me wrong. If that's it's what just... it was really about, I would be support it more. Yeah. But they it's hand out eleven by seventeen poster. Right. You break home with you. <laughs> right. Exactly. So what they'll start doing is they'll start handing out like souvenir tickets or like maybe I don't I don't even know. But anyway, off of my my ticket rant. On the uh, on the um, sports news, how do you feel about Tom Brady coming back out of retirement? <laughs> Dude, I, honestly, I, I'll ask you that because you're—I know you're not like a huge football fan, but you're more of a football fan and more of a Brady fan than I am. But I—I I don't. When I heard that news, I almost texted my friends who are big Brady fans and said, "Come on, admit it. He's a tool. Like he—he's—he—he yeah. he, he just—I don't know. I and he's the most—he's him and you know our, our former president are like the two most polarizing people in the world. Like you can't—you're not allowed to say anything." positive or negative about either one of them without someone flipping out on you but at least we, joe and i live in massachusetts so yeah 
but yeah, when I saw that, I was like, and you know what's, what makes it more frustrating is when he first announced that he was retiring, there were people saying, I don't think he's retiring. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't seem like he, it's, I don't really think, I don't buy this whole like, oh, I was, I was 100% down to retire, but then I missed the game. It's like, no, I think you knew. You wanted the whole world to like kiss your ass and whatever. Yeah. But anyway, um, before I get into what I've been watching on TV, and speaking of ticket stubs that I don't have because of electronic tickets, I sent Joe a picture. I went to a concert on Sunday with my wife. It was my, my, my birthday present last year from my wife. <clears throat> it was supposed to be in September and it got pushed back because of COVID till now. And some people are going to make fun of me for this and I don't care. We saw Boys to Men, and this is no exaggeration, one of the best shows that I've ever seen in my life. That's awesome. And they've been doing it for 30 years, haven't lost a step. I knew the talent was there, like those guys can obviously sing, but we were both, my wife and I were both blown away by the energy that they brought. And they did a ton of like really cool covers. And Sean introed one of the songs. I thought this was just a cool speech that he's probably done a million times, but it was cool. And he said that, you know, growing up in Philadelphia in the eighties, they kind of had their style of music they listened to. And then there was uh, other style, other music that like mostly white people listen to. And they didn't usually listen to those radio stations and there was some bad stuff, but um, he said that regardless of the type of music, he always had this saying that, if it's good, it's good. If the music's good, the music's good. So he used that to lead into this intro of, of, of a cover that they were going to do. They ended up covering a Journey song. But, and then he said, like, but he didn't tell us what it was. And he was like, we're going to prove to you, like, you know, if the music's good, the music's good. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, you know, from Philadelphia, from Alabama. And it was just a cool setup. And it was a great cover. They covered a ton of stuff, like um, Eric Clapton and all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was, it was <clears throat> one of the best shows I've ever seen. In my life. And I'm not, not exaggerating, not, and I'm not like grading it on a scale because they're from, you know, they're older. One of the most energetic, entertaining shows I've ever seen in my life. And it, oh, for awesome. sure. Top five without a doubt. That's and then awesome. as far as stuff I've been watching, still watching and loving snowfall keeps getting better. Still loving the wonder years. And then uh, I watched a de- uh, documentary on Netflix called 14 Peaks. Have you heard of that or seen it? I've heard of it, but I've seen it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I I, I, I liked it. it was, it's pretty good. The guy who's in it, the guy it's about, is a badass, man. He's What he accomplishes is nuts, but it's, it's worth the watch. Second like hour and a half, totally entertaining. So oh, that's okay. what about you? Anything good? Before I get into it, out of curiosity, Boys and Men now, it's all the original members still, right? No, it's three out of four. Michael, Michael's not in the group anymore. And and it's kind of like, there's, there's like, there's certain reasons like he had back problems back in the day. And then he ended up discovering that he has, um, I can't remember what the, it's like a real condition. It's, it's, it's it's basically sclerosis or something. Okay. But it's all for medical reasons more than anything else. Yeah. But then there's also like kind of hints that like there was a, a breakup and so i don't know i'm sure the truth is probably somewhere in the middle you know what i mean I, yeah. I don't really know but they were so good man like brie and i were cracking up wanya is like <laughs> so sean sean is like kind of like the the mayor almost like he's a great 
speaker so he does like the in, in between songs when they're talk when there's someone talking and addressing the crowd it's him and he's amazing at it <laughs> and uh one is just dancing in the background the whole time this guy must burn seven thousand calories a show because he just never stops moving and he's a big dude like he's jack so but we were we were cracking up so but what about you anything good um i've been going to stop through squid game still and through Scrubs still and through Party Down still. So nothing really new for me on my end. I'm uh, just a lot of it. Same old, same old. Um, but on the topic of music, way back when, Eric and I went to a concert in 2007, The Fray. And yeah, I found the tickets up the other day. Did you? Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So Isaac, the lead singer, is calling it quits. So the band's going to be no more, unfortunately. But they're playing one more concert in May. Not here, just one more. Oh God, I think it's like in, I forgot what state it is now. It's a two-hour plane ride or a long drive. I'm like, man, like, I really want to go one more time and see them just because they're such a big part of my childhood. And just I still listen to them so much on, like, <clears throat> on my playlist. So kind of, kind of sad that they're breaking up after all these years. But and That was your graduation like, present, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yep, yep. And I still have the electric factory suit that you bought. When I was there, yep. when we were there, so yep. I still have that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so kind of a sad moment because again, it's such a big part of my childhood. But I kind of—it's one of those things where you kind of saw it coming after they've been kind of after they've been song for a little while. So <laughs> and they'll do what they always do, and really, him saying he's retiring now means like the desire, like the 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 fans aren't there right now. You kind of have to do that. You have to walk away for ten years, and then they'll do a, re- a reunion show and. Yeah. They'll be playing like the Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom, and you know what I mean. Like he'll yeah. he'll come back. Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed because they put on a really good show. So, um, but yeah, other than that, same old TV shows, nothing new. But the rewatches have been fun, just because of everything. The Possible Party Down season three, and then Scrubs is always great. So good yep. rewatches. Yep, nice. So Joe can get into what we're watching in a second, but the beer that I'm drinking to go with it is called Bang a Yui from Canned Heat. Uh, craft awesome. beer in Fall River, so it's a Belgian. It's a it's like a wheat beer. It's 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 good. It's very good. Definitely recommend it, especially as we get closer to summer. So, you guys heard the trailer. You heard our quotes. You definitely you didn't get anything from my quote, but um, <clears throat> we're gonna be talking about Speed Racer, and it was Joe's pick. Joe, explain yourself. Speed Racer is a film I saw way back in theaters on the day it was released as a fan of the '60s anime TV series. So this movie was pretty much made for me. I feel like I had like the PS1 games. I had the comic books back then. I had all these DVD and VHS. That's actually the laser disc of Speed Racer. So I love Speed Racer. Um, and I like I said, I started day one theaters and I've pretty much been defending it since then. Thankfully, over the years, it started to get the recognition it deserves and is garnering a bit of a cult following, which is kind of, which is neat. So what's your memory of this movie, Eric? <laughs> My, I had never seen this until this week. So there are really, yeah, there are really two memories, memories, I guess. <clears throat> I bet that the first time I saw the trailer back in 2008, I laughed and said, ha ha ha, I'll never see that. What a bunch of losers. And then my, <laughs> there we are, baby. and then my second memory is Joe picking it last week and me looking at how long it was and being furious, <laughs> being furious with Joe and the filmmakers for making a film about a cartoon car that's two and a half or two hours, 15 minutes long. So 
I, the, moment, the moment I picked this, I felt so bad that Eric was actually going to pay money to rent this on Amazon. I'm like, I just couldn't have you go through it. I just couldn't have you go through it. So, but yep. this movie, <clears throat> can, I got to admit though, for the most part, it is eye candy. I disagree with that. But I, I mean, I, I agree and I disagree. I'll, we'll get into that later. But okay. you, you have some stats as far as how this did financially, Joe. I'm sure it was a big hit. <laughs> sure was. Sure was. Spirits that came out on May 9th, 2008 and had a budget of $120 million, making a whopping $93.9 million in the box office. So too much. it wasn't the success that Warren was hoping for. Despite those numbers, since release, it has appeared on numerous lists calling it underrated or underappreciated from sites such as Collider, Den of Geek, Joe Blow, Slate, IGN, io9, which is now part of Gizmodo, The Hollywood Reporter, and many more. So just throwing it out there before Eric gets a review later on that I am not like alone in this. <laughs> those are all, they're all threads on those websites that Joe started. <laughs> did, we, did we ever tell the story about how I caught you yeah, um, I, I don't on know. a message board <laughs> there like there was that a black donnelly's thing or it was an oc thing my friend <laughs> an OC, oc thing, thing. so i don't know how i ever stumbled upon it but when we worked at the video rental store joe posted on some some message board that was like this was this was imd this was um um imdb actually way back when they had when they messaged okay. boards yeah okay so and joe posted like and Joe's name was like, it was like either his real name or it was like something that was so clearly him. And he was like, I love this show. I love it so much that when my dumbass manager leaves every night, I just, even though we're not supposed to, I play the DVD on the TVs. All the right. You're, you're butchering this. You're butchering this. Okay. 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 So it's not, the OC is a great show of all time. But, anyways, I didn't say it was a bad show. So the whole story was, it was getting canceled. I had like petition. Because at the time, Fox put an official petition on their like website, <laughs> and I don't know if it was like some it must have been some market play because I don't think it meant shit in the end. But basically, you just you know they like pass it to your friends, share it, get the get them to sign petition to save the OC. This is like an official thing. Like this wasn't like a fan. This was an official Fox website petition. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. So when people are checking out at movie scene. I was like, hey, you want to sign this petition like on the website? I had the website up and everything. I was, I was ready to go. I was like, you want to sign this? I made lots of friends doing this. I had customers who were like, my daughter loves this show. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm like, sign this petition. And then to get the word across, you know, on IMDb way back when they had a forum, for those who remember. And basically we were all sharing what we were doing to get the word across to save the OC. So I was like, you know, I told my story. I'm like, I'm at this, I work at this movie store and I'm doing all this with my, my boss. You don't know about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Lil, and there comes Eric strolling in. Joe, is that you? Just goes to show you, folks, whatever's on the internet, someone will find it. So be careful. <laughs> be careful what you put on the internet. Uh, so do you have any other stats as far as how this one did, how much money it made? So I, I, I want to talk a little more about the cold stats here. The website Mondo has even taken notice of the following and released a soundtrack on vinyl, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, bunch of credits now. The movie was both written and directed by the Wachowskis, who you know them from the Matrix trilogy, V for Vendetta, Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ascending, and more. Um, on the TV side of things, they're known for creating Sense8, which has also gained a large fun over the years. I haven't seen this show yet, but I heard it is, again, wasn't a complete hit with the critics, but fans love it. Mm -hmm. um, and as they're also gamers, they've also been part of the Matrix games as 
as they've both wrote and directed a majority of them, which is really cool. Um, and then in 2018, after years of, again, getting a bit of a following, uh, Emil Hirsch, who plays Speed in the movie, tweeted that a sequel had been written. Where that lies now is anyone's guess. So, and last thing, I'm just, I was like making this a point that this movie is, for those who don't know, it was based off a of manga, which came out in the early 60s. Um, and then was turned into a TV anime series in 67. So this is a very, very, I think, I guess, was made for a very niche audience. So I would agree with that. And before I get into how it's reviewed, I have a question for you. You texted yes. me while I was starting to re- to watch it. And you said that you were watching it with Pow, And you said, oh, Eric's going to hate this, blah, blah, blah. Did Pow actually sit and watch this movie with you? And she liked it. That girl is an angel. She should she have slapped you in the face. <laughs> she's me, but she, she should. She's just too sweet. She, <laughs> she's too sweet. <laughs> the last race, she was into her seat, man. It was like a big moment. I was like, oh my god! I was like, I was, I was excited watching the excitement on her face. So, oh god, you guys need to get out more. But anyway, um, critically. So this is a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, which is, no, I'm not even joking, surprisingly high, especially considering all the stats that you just read, a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes, one and a half stars from Roger Ebert, uh, love that guy, and yeah, a, quote, <laughs> a quote from his review, now the Wachowski brothers of the Matrix movies have spent $100 million on a mixture of photography and digital, digital animation and called it Speed Racer. They have captured almost all the chintziness, inexpressiveness, and incoherence of the TV show in two hours and nine minutes, or about two hours too long, give or take. And I have never agreed with Roger Ebert more than that. Uh, Roger, you're wrong with this one. So now we can add <laughs> Nick Nora, Die Hard, and Speed Race to that list of incredible But I have, I have one more award nomination to go with it. The film rat. was I'll also nominated for the 29th Golden <laughs> Raspberry Awards. <laughs> In the category of worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel. So well, congratulations. They can probably take that back now. No, no, I don't think they do. <laughs> but so anyway, so this came out in April of 08. <clears throat> some other stuff that was going on in theaters. Um, some other films that Wait, were do released. You have, not because you have April? Yes. Do you okay. have... Do you have uh... Yeah, so it was released again. This was one of the was like released in different territories. So I have May for the United States, but there was an early release as well. So whatever you end up going with. Okay, yeah. So I, I did I did uh, April. So premiered. Oh no, no, no. You know what? I have May. Sorry, I made a note. Premiered in April of 08, but was released in U.S. theaters in May of 08. So May of 08 in theaters. Some other movies that came out during that during that time. <clears throat> Iron Man, Red Belt, Maid of Honor with Patrick Dempsey, What Happens in Vegas, Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and Who's the Sex and the we saw it in theaters, right? Remember we saw it in theaters? What? Indiana Jones? Crystal Skull? I didn't no, see that was, one. Did you, who did I see that I don't think that? so. I thought I we know. saw that with like me, you, Ryan, my brother, Ryan's no. friends. Oh, okay. I don't think I've seen that. Okay. Or maybe I have, but I definitely didn't see it in theaters. Um, and then the Sex and the City film. Outside of theaters, uh, Seth MacFarlane reaches an agreement worth $100 million with Fox to keep Family Guy and American Dad on television until 2012, making McFarlane the world's highest paid television writer. Uh, Dimitri 
Medvedev appoints Vladimir Putin as Russian prime minister, and that's worked out swimmingly. Oh, yeah, I know, huh? <clears throat> Good call, Dimitri. Uh, and then lastly, Usain Bolt breaks the world record in the 100-meter uh, sprint with a wind legal plus 1.7 meters per second. I don't know what any of that means. 9.72 second time. So congrats, Usain Bolt. Not so much congrats, Vladimir Putin. Do you have the back of the DVD summary for this one, Joe? I do. So born into a family business of race cars, Speed Racer is one of the track's hot stars. Sitting at the wheel of his Mach 5, he consistently deflates the competition. Oh, that pun. When Speed turns down an offer from the head of Rosen Industries, he uncovers a secret. Powerful moguls fix the races to boost profits. Hoping to beat the executive, Speed enters the same arduous cross-country race that killed his brother. Or so we thought. So we thought. Dun, dun, dun. So some other cast members and how they were doing going into this movie. Emil Hirsch, he plays the title role, Speed Racer. His career started out well with The Emperor's Club, Girl Next Door, Lords of Dogtown, Alpha Dog, Into the Wild, and then he made Speed Racer. Nobody's perfect, but he bounced back with Milk, uh, Lone Survivor, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and more. <clears throat> Christina Ricci, she has played some pretty cool roles in her career. She's also not perfect, though. She's, because she, though. she's a fan of this guy. Kind of, kind of, shut up, she Christina. Is. She is. Because she's not perfect, she played Trixie. Outside of this film, you know her from The Addams Family, Casper, The Ice Storm, Sleepy Hollow, Monster, Black Snake Moan, and more. And I do like her a lot. I'm not really crazy about her in this movie, but I like her a lot. Yeah. Susan Sarandon, <clears throat> Academy Award winner, Screen Actors Guild Award winner, Emmy-nominated uh, actress, Golden Globe nominations, and a big fat mistake. So that's what this was. She's known for Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture. Every credit and every act. I'm going to just really make it feel like, you know, really downplay it. No, she's known for Rocky Horror Picture Show, Atlantic City, Thelma and Louise, The Client, Dead Man Walking, uh, The Hunger, Witches of Eastwick, uh, Bull Durham, and Enchanted. And another appearance that made me say, what the F are you doing? John Goodman was in desperate need of a payday. And so he plays Pops Racer. Hell of a casting choice. Just <laughs> hell of a casting choice. If you watch the series, perfect. I will not. I it's will not, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> this man has had success on television with Roseanne. He has been seen in Coen Brothers films like Raising Arizona, Barton Fink, Big Lebowski, Our Brother Where Art Thou. He was in Beyond the Sea, Argo, Trouble with the Curve, The Flintstones, The, Monu- uh, the Monuments Men, Patriot's Day, and more. But again, everyone falls on tough times, and John needed a payday, so he signed on to make Speed Racer. Nice. He saw the genius in this movie. <clears throat> he was kind of right. around. Well, he's the only one. Scott Porter torpedoed, I, torpedoed any success that he may have had following Friday Night Lights on NBC. I completely forgot he was in this movie. I saw him because I was like, holy shit, Scott. By playing Young Rex Racer. He was, also, he was also in 10 years, which I loved. And we talked about that uh, recently. I would totally pick that movie if... It was in the, but the year doesn't qualify for our, but anyway. And he came back with Hard Dixie. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Matthew Fox, who you know from Smoking Aces, We Are Marshall, he played in other stuff. Lost, uh, oh, yeah. I lost. Yeah, I lost the big one. He played Rex Racer slash Racer X. So I hope that's not a spoiler alert um, for anyone that's really they're gonna, they're gonna watch this on the edge of their seat. <laughs> they're going to watch this one. 
Um, what did you have down for the more you know random facts? Had a few. So after winning a race, speed racer jumps out of his car while still moving and strikes a pose. This scene replicates the trademark pose of speed racer in the opening credits of the original TV series. So this is at the very last race uh, in the movie there. Nice. This is the first time the Wachowskis have filmed the movie in high definition. With this format, they could utilize a layering approach that gave equal clarity to the foreground and background of each scene of the film, creating an appearance of real, of real life anime. This movie was like, watching it now, it still is super unique when it comes to like the, the way it was filmed and the way it looks on screen. It's really, it's a really cool look, I thought. I know it's like, the movie's like, what, probably like 9% CGI, but if you can get past that, it looks super cool in my opinion. And Peter Fernandez and Karen Orr, the original English voices of Speed Racer, Racer Rex, and Trixie and Spriddle, um, Speed Racer, the boys' actual race announcers in the film. So again, really cool callback, which I actually <coughs> never noticed that until this time uh, when I watched it more recently, where it's like I was kind of aware of all this. So really cool callback to the original series and, you know, getting them to come back and reprise some sort of role in this in this recreating. Yeah. Um, and there are some others too, but more of like the spec side of things. So I'll let you take more from here. Okay. So I'll start with some, some casting possibilities. Keanu Reeves, one of the smarter people in Hollywood. He turned down the role of Racer X. Oh, I don't know if I would call him. This was a bad year for Keanu though, 2008. <laughs> he did Street Kings and The Day the Earth Stood Still. So I don't think, I think those are, like, I... honestly, obviously we know where he is now career-wise, but back then those are two bad calls. <laughs> so. though, but those are two bad movies that have just kind of faded away this movie is a stink that lingers <laughs> um also another couple more casting what ifs in june of 04 <laughs> vince vaughn was going to produce this film and star as racer x however production never became fully active so he left the film um elijah cuthbert rose mcgowan and kate mara were also considered for the role of trixie I think it's a lot of next reunion that ever been the falling through. Yeah. Interesting. Um, to prepare for his role, Emil Hirsch watched every episode of Speed Racer from 1967, lost all of his friends, and paid a visit to Lowe's Motor Speedway. This part's true. I want to a, a source check on this one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he paid a visit to Lowe's Motor Speedway, where he met and got advice from race car driver Jimmy Johnson. Uh, and then also Christina Ricci admitted she never watched an episode of the original anime prior to being cast as Trixie, which is why she took the role. She didn't know what she was getting into. You know, we all make mistakes. Um, a possible sequel was hinted by Christina Ricci. She stated, when we, the cast, were all leaving, we were like, write the sequel. We want to come back. And they, the Wachowskis, were like, I know, I know, we're going to, don't worry. But then they lost all their money because this movie was such a huge yeah, failure. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> was that right after the movie ended? Because I had the tweet from me in 2018. Was that that was right when the movie ended? She said I, that. I be, I think so. I don't okay. know. I don't. Well, she, I don't know. She's talking about when they finished filming, but I, she could have said that. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> I know you don't. I don't think you have anything for stuff that wouldn't fly in today's environment. The one thing I had was a fun fact. Uh, is during its production, animal rights group PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, made allegations of animal cruelty against this film. Oh man, PETA in general, though, like they're such a controversial group to begin with. Like you they... see, that just says how you won't, you can't even. No, admit. no, like even like <laughs> even if it was any movie, if you told me this, like with anything, like P 
she is like notorious for like no, that, I know. Chris. So like I know. they'll say they one are. thing and do another. So like, but they are. But they are don't, right. Don't treat animals. Don't treat animals badly. Right. Don't be shitty. Treat, you don't can do shitty. whatever you want to people. Yeah. Just don't. Don't be shitty people. Yeah. Um. I'll, I guess I guess I'll start with favorite scene because you probably have one that you really want to talk about. I honestly don't have a favorite scene. The, <laughs> the, no, I couldn't think of one. I'm not joking. The only thing that I can say, and the closest thing I can give to a favorite scene is, I I liked, respected, found mildly entertaining was the animation of the races. That was impressive. I will admit that. But I didn't have a favorite scene. I I thought it was super choppy and every scene was like felt like it felt like it was three seconds long and what it accomplished but 45 minutes long and like the enjoyability of it so anyway what's your favorite scene wow so i picked the first and last race i love how the first race it's like what 10 15 minutes long and it somehow manages to give like entire background of the characters and who they are and it for someone who doesn't who's never seen this series before like um, how, for example, she understood, and you, right? I'm not sure if you understood it, but like they knew who all these characters were, right? As like the final, the first uh, race finishes, so they give a good rundown of a ton of episodes and a pretty short amount of time, with it making sort of with make, making sense, right? So like they didn't drag that out into a whole, you know, like have made the first movie the backstory, second movie, whatever. But they kind <laughs> of wrapped that up really, really well in the beginning, and I love how. It has like that epic feel to it when he's you can see the ghost of his brother's shadow as they're racing so like you can see where he is and what he sees how he's going to beat his brother who he thinks at this point is dead he's going to beat his record and i just love how like he starts pulling back a little bit and it's like even the parents are giving like the side relief because i don't they don't really see that beat yet but i love that whole opening and then the last race i loved how again it has this really like it has this epic feel to it so we on the dog speed here, everyone is literally against him for a, like, uh, he's pretty much a, a wanted person in this race. So whoever gets him gets this money amount. I can't remember what it was now. But it was, I think it might be a million dollars um, to basically take out speed. And it's really cool seeing, like, again, this, the races in this movie are filmed so cool. And it's, it's a whole, like, 20, 15 minutes of this CGI, this animation happening. And then the end of it is a bunch of like flashbacks and it's a really cool dramatic ending to the race. And I sort of get like goosebumps with between that and the score happening all at once. I love that whole ending race so much. Well, before we get into the score, which that's, that's going to be, I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about that. I have a serious question because you brought up the first race and I know it's not technically the first race, but when the little boy gets in the car with speed racer in the beginning, did Pow, as someone who cares for young children, did she get any sort of creepy vibes when he's just like sitting on the guy's lap? Like that, that was that was weird. No, like and again, that's a, that's an ongoing gag in the cartoon. So whenever Stu is getting like these dangerous situations, whether it was with because in the Japanese anime, it's he's always like fighting criminals with like lots of like gunfights, and it's like really like over the top. And this we does catch that very well. Um, but the ongoing gag is. Sprill and um, Chim Chim are always in the back of the trunk hiding and always kind of like wrong place, wrong time. But yeah, I mean, that certain things for people who don't, who are from the series might have been like, what the hell is happening? Why is there a monkey on screen now with this child? It's just like, but again, it's, it's, it's a lot happening in this movie. 
Eh, yes and no. <laughs> um, so soundtrack, your this is always your category more than mine, and especially in the, in this case. What are, what are your thoughts? I love the soundtrack. It's Michael Giacchino. Uh, he had no right making the soundtrack as epic as it was, but here we are, a soundtrack that's both new and familiar for fans of the series. And the soundtrack is what helps push some of the more dramatic scenes. It makes it even more impactful in my, in my opinion. Like, again, the final race, his score really helps, like, kind of give me, like, I don't know, like, like I said, like, I actually like goosebumps watching that final race. So, and that, a lot of that was because of his amazing score. But Michael Giacchino has done so many films, TV shows, and even video games over his long, extensive career. He's known for The Incredibles, Mission Impossible 3, Ratatouille, Star Trek, Super 8, and so many more. So he's worked with the Wachowskis and J.J. Abrams quite a, uh, quite a bit. On the TV side, he's known for Alias, Lost, Fringe, and some others. And then on the video game side, he's known for games spanning back into the early 90s with one of the best platformers of all time, Mickey Mania. The more recognizable game soundtracks of the Medal of Honor series. His most recent game score is actually the newest Medal of Honor game, which came out in 2020. And like I mentioned before, Mondo, a few years ago, actually released the Spirits of Soundtrack on vinyl, and they did such a good job with it. It sounds amazing, and if you are at all interested in the soundtrack, there are some discogs on the used marketplace, but it is kind of hard to find now. So something that if you want, you might be paying a little bit more for it than you would be like at retail. Right. All right. That's a good good summary. So... I will start with the, <clears throat> if you could change one thing, but I'm curious to see what you would change. But if I could change anything, I would have not made this movie. But seriously, <laughs> two hours and 15 minutes for a movie about a cartoon race car, a race car driver, and somehow the movie feels rushed. Like 13 minutes into the movie, and Emil Hirsch is storming out, and John Goodman is saying, you walk out, you walk out this door and now you never come back, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And that's when you texted me, or right around that is when you texted me saying that I, you said, you know, keep in mind it's based off a 60s cartoon. And I totally get that. But here's the thing. If you take a cartoon from the 60s and you convert it to a two-hour movie, over two-hour movie, <clears throat> in 2008, you need to update more than the cast and the animation. It felt like they stretched a 20-minute cartoon into a two hour movie or like stuck a bunch of 20 minute episodes together with tape with no real like transitions. It, it's, and it's extra frustrating when you see that there were talks of making this movie in the early to mid nineties and then the early two thousands, because it's like, how did you wait this long and think about it for this long and have the screenplay seem so just rushed. And in all seriousness, I, I would love to get, I know Christina Ricci loved being in this movie, but I would love to talk to like Susan Sarandon and John Goodman and be like, get give them a couple of drinks and be like, what are your thoughts on Speed Racer? I would I would be very curious. But so it's long story short, the screenplay. What about okay. you? You know, I kind of not as harshly as that, but I kind of agree in a way where the the first race and then the last race where I thought were awesome. I love the two races, but they do kind of like especially with the opening they cram a lot of information in, into it and then they kind of drag a little bit in the second act i thought when it comes to like the like the politics side of things and like you know him figure <laughs> out if he wants to sign, sign with this racing company so i think a lot of that kind of drags a little bit where this movie i thought really shines with the races so i kind of wish it was a little more of that um 
But yeah, I, I can see dragging a little bit and they introduce a lot of characters in this movie yeah. where it gets confusing, where I've seen a couple of times, oh, I've seen more than a couple of times, but I know the characters, but I can definitely see where people who are watching it for the first time or first couple of times, it might be like, okay, this character was who again? And like, where were they falling? So like, well, and some of the characters are like, hey, the one, here's, here's what I would say. I didn't have a good thing about a, a favorite scene, but the one thing I will say is the casting was very good because they all looked like racer x looked like he could be like scott porter looks like he could be emil hirsch's brother and they both look like believable as uh matthew fox's like that that part was believed that was good but it made it even more confusing because you're like wait that's who and they're showing them when they're younger and older and yeah, and again, like again, they reveal that in the movie at the end of this two-hour run, where in the series it's uh what like a forty episodes it takes to ever make that reveal. So they definitely both rush some things and some things drag. So it wasn't a perfect balance, but I still, I still like I like the races, which took up more of the time on screen than anything else, were still the best parts of it for sure. I agree that I agree with that. Um, how long? Without getting into detail on like how you would have changed the plot, or it could, I'm talking that could be a completely different story. If I just, if this movie never sat you and never happened, and I sat you down, I said, Joe, I'm going to give you a hundred million dollars to make this movie. It's about a cartoon race car driver. How long do you think that movie should be? I mean, like an hour and forty-five, and taking out maybe while the while the second race, it really got nowhere other than an invitation to the next race. Again, it's awesome watching that and. We see uh, he makes a possible connection in the future, you know, and then the racer X bonding there. But that whole thing, I feel like could have been tweaked a little more where it was shorter or um, had a little bit more of an impact. And I feel like, again, some of the stuff in the middle there, I would have trimmed out a little bit. But I think this would have been a really good hour and 45 minute movie if they didn't force a ton of information at newcomers. Yeah, it would have been a lot better for sure. So, so uh, sorry, did you say what would you change was it the same kind of the same thing yeah so like i said okay. i kind of dragged them a little bit in the middle of there so i think i would change okay. maybe trim some of that out okay all right so if you've listened to the podcast before you know this is the part of the podcast where we give our scores and we rate movies on a scale of one to five would you mind paying a lead fee to keep this movie so a score of one is low it's like you get to that part 13 minutes in where John Goodman's telling Speed Racer he has to, you know, leave and not come back. And you're like, this is stupid. I It's been too little time and we're getting too serious. All the way up to a score of five, which is your Joe. You're going to see the movie on opening night, rent it when it first comes out, maybe even just buy it from the video rental store so you can show it to as many people as possible. <clears throat> so a score of one is low, score of five is high. This is Joe's pick. So I'm going to go first. Before you start, Eric, I want to ask you what your thoughts okay. were with the fight with John Goodman spin the guy around and like oh my god <laughs> oh my god I forgot all about that <laughs> I oh. knew that I, I, I was waiting for that scene to come up in this in this conversation because again Jeff I forgot about that's it. very car- that's very speed racer like asking the cartoon but as I was watching this with Powell I was like I was gonna, like <laughs> Eric's gonna hate this <laughs> so bad so Joe is totally going to judge me for scoring this film this way he's gonna call me I, a I, meathead I get it. <laughs> He's got to say that I don't understand the history of Japanese animation. Uh, that's fine. I hated this one. And here's why I disagree with that logic. 
my wife doesn't know anything about sports. She actually hates sports. But I've watched some classic sports movies with her for the first time, and she's loved them. Sandlot, He Got Game, whatever. I've never seen War. I wasn't in the military. Wasn't alive for World War II, but Saving Private Ryan is a good movie. These comparisons. <laughs> like, like Sean from Boys to Men said, if the music or movie is good, the music or movie is good. This movie is not good. I gave it a 1.25 out of 5, and I gave it a quarter point because Joe at least lent me some login information so I didn't have to pay to watch this piece of trash. I, I hate it. And I'm not even being funny. You've, you've picked movies before that I wasn't crazy about, and then I'm like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. This movie, I, the only thing that got me through it was that it was, I was like, I kept, it was, I kept being, like it kept confirming what i thought it was i was like this is horrible this is horrible and then 10 minutes later or something john goodman spinning some guy on his over his head and i'm like this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen so anyway joe go ahead what's all right this review as you guess we're very different from each other's so <laughs> very different <laughs> um for me this film is the underrated movie that's when people proclaim it is even all these years later, it's still eye candy on the screen, in my opinion. Uh, Speed Racer was made by fans for the fans. So it's definitely not going to be for everyone with some of the over-the-top antics, crazy gunfights, and absolutely wild car chases. It's obvious why this movie failed. It's also obvious why so many people are discovering it later in its life. It's a completely unique telling of this fame story in which Halski did this one justice. Maybe, hopefully, someday we get an answer on who these characters would eventually end up, or better yet, a proper sequel. I gave it a four out of five. Oh my god! Four out of you five, are, y'all. Hear that? You are drunk. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? No, you know what you are right man. now. I still get goosebumps with those with that final race. It still like, gives me shivers. I'm like, holy shit! This movie is so good. The worst score you've ever given in the podcast. <laughs> and you know what you are you're right now? You're that person who goes to art school and then like someone just throws a tomato against a wall and it stains the white canvas. And you're like, <laughs> you don't get it, man. You don't get it. Like, the intricacies of the fruit and how they <laughs> how they civilize the struggles of life. This movie is trash. trash. Austin, if you have any... If you're familiar with at all with Japanese animation, Speed Racer, or just fun, watch Speed Racer the movie. Don't I would love. Eric. I would love to. No, go ahead. Seriously, go watch it and send all the the hate messages to to worth a late fee at Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure. Well, you can say send it whoever. I'll I'll be sure to be sure to make sure Joe Joe sees them. But if you have any positives, follow us on Instagram worth a late fee. Suggestions are always welcome. Hate mail to Joe is always welcome. Or me, if you want to write me and say, Eric, you're crazy. This movie's so good. Um, I guess you're Christina Ricci, and I'd be pretty pumped that Christina Ricci was sending us a message. So, But if you have a suggestion, seriously, send it our way. <clears throat> we'll be back next week. This one was Joe's pick. So we go back and forth, as you guys know. So this is my pick. I, had an, I, I went back and forth with a couple movies that I was going to pick. One would have been entertaining, but I was forced to go down a different path because baseball is back. And I am a diehard baseball fan. 
So I want to talk about a baseball movie, but here's the tough thing. There are quite a few baseball movies from the eighties, whether it's a natural bull, bull Durham, major league field of dreams, you know, on and on. <clears throat> there are also great baseball movies from the nineties league of their own Sandlot Cobb and more. And there's been a good new crop of baseball movies in the 2010s, like Moneyball and 42 and whatever. But 2000 to 2010 doesn't have the same really selection of, of good baseball movies that other decades do. So I had to put some thought into this one. But we're going to talk about the Billy Crystal directed HBO film uh, 61. About awesome. Roger Maris's home yeah. run chase, yeah. So awesome. For my it was a good movie. movie, so yeah, it is. It is. So we'll be back next week, guys, to talk some baseball and talk about sixty one, directed by Billy Crystal. Thanks for listening. Awesome, as always. Thank you.